Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? A good Tuesday to all of you. Thanks for joining us as always. It is very much appreciated and a special podcast today. The weather, not as bad as we thought, thankfully. If you're out there and you're having some issues, hopefully you get through it fine, but not as bad as we anticipated. So fortunately for me, fortunately for all of you, we've got Andrew Callahan on the program today. Before we get started, just want to say this. All of your questions, if you want them, throw them into the Super Chats, of course. All the proceeds will go towards the Jimmy Fund. Every single cent will go towards that worthy, worthy cause. And before I get into the football talk with Andrew, Andrew, man, it's it's great to have you on the show. I've been a long fan of, of your stuff and what you do. Very informative, great at what you do. And uh, just tell the people about this cause and, and Doug Kide and, and what we're doing today. Sure. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, the old line is, you know, the check is in the mail, uh, but the feeling is mutual. So I feel like that's payment enough back to you for, for saying that. And uh yeah, this, I, first of all, I appreciate you making this effort because it's been uh, months of support that I've tried to generate for Doug, who dealt with the death of his two-year-old daughter, Hallie. Uh, as folks probably know, last month due to leukemia, she would have turned three um, next month. And so obviously a really difficult situation. I, I would like to, you know, keep a focus on what we can do still moving forward. Like you mentioned for the Jimmy Fund, uh, for Hallie's Wake, the family asked for donations in lieu of flowers. So I, I love that you linked there. And I know folks want to know how Doug is doing. I can't speak for him in this moment. Grief is not a linear process, as anyone who's dealt with severe loss knows. Uh, but he's hanging in, and he's come back, back to work part-time this week. Whatever he can do, he'll do. But, you know, I've seen him a couple times, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. And my guy's uh, hanging in there. So anything we can do to support kids like Callie, who are still fighting for their lives, fighting for their futures, fighting for their families. People say this a lot, but it's absolutely true. Every dollar, every cent counts. Whatever you can do is is absolutely appreciated. Yeah, so again, if you want to contribute uh, to the fun, you can throw that into a super chat. And of course, you know, if you want to be technical about it and, and maybe a little bit selfish, if you want your question to get to Andrew, first and foremost, you could throw the super chat in. You jump the line. We go to you first. So you can do that as well. All right, let's get into the football. And as Andrew mentioned, in the description of this podcast on the YouTube channel, we have the link that you can click onto that link. Go directly to the uh, Fund Me page, and, and you could contribute that way as well if you don't want to send a super chat. Let's get into the football, Andrew. So Jonathan Jones over the weekend from CBS, uh, he wrote that the Patriots have nobody, absolutely nobody, listed as the primary football executive. 
Uh, is this Wolf Highsmith front office more probationary than long-term commitment? I think so. And and I wrote that he's basically been put into a de facto GM role after Ian Rappaport initially reported, you know, stuff that you'd hear and you're watching the moves or being like, no one would really do this, you know, whether it's hiring Highsmith or bringing in ex-Browns and Packers coaches, um, like you get a bonus and they come with lottery tickets with like slanted odds, unless Elliot was in charge. So that obviously is the case right now. I'm not sure the the protocols as far as having a person listed. What he mentioned is something that most people don't know about. The league has a list of your head of football operations. Whatever your, your, your title is, you need to file with the league. When we need to call someone, give us a name. And so there's no one on that list right now. And it could be, you know, a VP of football operations, GM, whatever it might be. His title as director of scouting has not changed, but his power is such that he should belong on that list. I think what will happen is the league might take issue with the fact the Patriots didn't open a search, even though they won't name, as I understand it, a true GM, just because it's more in the spirit of the Rooney rule rather than the execution. And they, they've kind of sidestepped that a little bit. One of the things I mentioned yesterday on the, on the program is this idea of leaving the door open. And I'm not a fan of leaving the door open. And it feels to me, not that it's going to happen, Andrew, but it, it does feel to me that this leaves the door open for Jonathan Kraft or Robert Kraft, mostly Jonathan, to step in and say, on draft night, I know you guys want this guy as the pick, but I want Jaden Daniels. Do you think it could open the door to some of that murkiness and some of those issues if they don't name a primary football exec? So I think it's more nominally, right? Like, the, again, that list has a blank space when it says, who do we need to call for the Patriots when we're the league office and we just want to reach out? There, there's no name there. But right. aside from the title, Elliot Wolf is in control. Roster, you know, management, final say over decisions in free agency and upcoming in the draft. It will be everyone's new favorite word, more collaborative with him, Macro, Pat Stewart, and others. But he's the guy. So I'm not as concerned about that. I am not going to say that's an impossibility. But my understanding is that neither Robert nor Jonathan were involved in any of the coordinator searches. They were signing off on checks without even meeting these folks, as we know, you know, turnaround for Alex control very quick. So this fear about Jonathan Kraft filling a void all of a sudden, I think is unfounded. It is interesting, though, that part of that search, according to Albert Breer Sports Illustrated, was Robin Glazer, who is executive yeah. VP of, you know, finance, and I don't have the exact title when it pertains to football, as well as newly anointed senior advisor to the head coach. So that that is the area where I don't have as much reporting on that, but that would be a name I'd concern myself with. If you if you if we insist on being the New England, you know, fatalist, uh, negative, worrisome, concerned, anxious fandom that we're all a part of in some way or another, I'd pay more attention to Robin than I would Jonathan or Robert. Again, guys, we're doing this in part for the Jimmy Fund. Doug Kide, his daughter Hallie, passed away tragically recently. And uh, just trying to raise money for the Jimmy Fund. So if you throw a super chat in there, you get your question to the front of the line. I don't want this to be just me asking questions of Andrew. I mean, we could do that any day. I want you guys to jump in and ask your questions and throw your super chats in. Every single dollar counts. We've got some coming in. Brian Moniz jumps in with a $50 super chat. No questions. So just a donation. Brian, we appreciate that, man. Uh, what a great gesture from you. Thank you for the contribution. Thank you, Brian. And uh, again, it's it's that easy, guys. And we understand not everybody can donate. If you can't donate, if you're not in that situation, we're cool with it. But if you have a little bit of uh, disposable income, as we used to say in the sales world when I was younger, you can throw it towards us and, and we would appreciate it. Marilyn T jumps in with a $25 super chat in appreciation for all you guys do. Remembering Doug and his family in their time of grief. We appreciate that, Marilyn. Again, 
for that super chat means the world to us. Uh, the NE Patriot kid with a $10 super chat. How aggressive will the Patriots be this offseason? Let's start with that one, Andrew. How aggressive will they be? Oh, first of all, you guys are awesome. I mean, we've been in this, what, seven minutes, and we're already up to almost 100 bucks. I had no expectations, but whatever it is right now, you guys are, are blowing what I, if I had been forced to, proverbial nerf gun to the head to say what's going to happen. You guys rock. Thank you very much for everything you're putting forth. And I actually wrote about this today for the Any Patriot Kid. The Patriots are going to spend significant cash this year and or next because they have to. And this is not about what you think or I think as far as what the roster is and how they should approach it. It's in the CBA. These are the bylaws that govern the National Football League where every three to four years, and they're predetermined um, sets of time, 2017 to 2020, more recently 2021 to 2023, every team in the league must spend to 90% of the salary cap. And so the Patriots did that from 2021 to 2023 by going bananas, as we all remember, in that free agency with John Smith and Matt Judon and, and Nelson Aguilar and all these guys in 2021. And that's why they basically could take it easy. They could have spent more. They didn't. But the new period starts this year. And they are at the bottom of the league in cash spending for this year, next year, and in 2026, as it stands right now. So they have a lot of catch up to do. And I wrote today that the number they need to spend to get to 90% of the projected cap for this upcoming season, which is $242 million, might not be exact, that's courtesy of over the cap, is $88 million in cold, Ooh. hard cash. So Ooh. that's a number to keep in mind. It does not directly translate to the cap. The cap is its not a fictitious number, but it's a, a made-up number that does have importance and consequences, but is more fungible. So the cash number is the one to keep an eye on. $88 million if they want to at least stay on schedule for this minimum 90% spending for the next couple of years. That, to me, says just when Rod Mayo said they've got cash to burn, he meant it. Yeah, he wasn't lying. Second part of the question from any Patriot kid. The new offense, will it help Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton produce more since it's a little bit more simple in terminology? Uh, short answer, no. Because when you look at some of the tape from last year, they weren't burdened by this terminology that was coming in. You got the 20-word play calls in the huddle and you got a relay. This is a simple, simple pass offense. Like day one pass concepts that were installed, you see them at the high school level, college level, pro level. It doesn't mean that they were bad concepts, but the Patriots parred this down so far. Remember Belichick said, we're going to start over. We're going to start over. After that Cowboys and Saints games, like that's what it was. Slant flat, double slants, double posts, digs, like the basic, basic stuff. So it is a different system. They will have new terminology and new structure. But the bottom line, I look at Parker, like, you know, that's a guy we know what he is, right? He's in the back nine of his career. Nothing new is going to happen. He's a jump ball specialist. Tyquan Thornton, maybe. But that also, I don't think, will be a change in the offense so much as this is a dude who is a second round pick and has almost as many catches as you and I do combined the last two years and is going, <laughs> if I want to get paid, if I want to hang out in the league a little bit longer, I got to get it going in year three. All right. Don't forget to like. Give us that thumbs up. Every single like means the world to us, especially today. We're, we're, we're sitting here and we're talking football. We are gathering all sorts of super chats and super thanks from you guys, donating all of that money. Every single cent will go to the Jimmy Fund in honor of Doug Kide's daughter, Hallie, who lost her battle recently with cancer. So we're trying to drive as much money as we can to that cause. As Andrew has said, every dollar counts. And when you like the show, it actually pushes the YouTube show to other people. So we'll get more people involved with this thing. We'll build up the community. And the way we do that is by liking, commenting, and don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't watched me and you're here for Andrew, cool. He's a great guy. We all know that. 
Uh, but come on in. It, we're, we're a big community here. The water's, the water's warm. warm, baby. Let's go. It's a snow day. Everyone's inside. If you're already in here, like, let's go. And the, and the beers are cold. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by March 1st. We're less than 150 away from that. So let's do it. Like, comment, and subscribe. couple of uh, super chats. And, of course, if you want to get your question into Andrew about the Patriots, anything, anything Patriots-oriented, you can throw it into the super chat. You will jump the line. Casey Reed, he says, with the $50 super chat, again, can't thank you guys enough for every dollar that you're sending us. Jumping on from SoCal just to drop some love for Hallie. We'll watch at lunchtime. So Casey's not even watching right now. He just jumped in, <laughs> threw the donation in, and he's going to catch up. A little bit later on, Daniel Perry comes in with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Daniel. We appreciate it as always. Scott M jumps in with a $20 super chat and says, cancer sucks. Indeed, it does. I'd use different language if YouTube wouldn't kick me off. But yeah, cancer sucks bad. So appreciate, Scott, the uh, super chat. And SDDO62, who uh, watches this show an awful lot, listens an awful lot, uh, jumps in with a $10 super chat. So we appreciate that super chat. And that $10, and we've got more. So let's keep going. We've got the uh, the Aura Jones with a $10 super chat. Any thoughts on who the wide receivers coach will be next year? Is it weird that they've hired an assistant wide receivers coach first? Yes, it is weird. Can't confirm. Uh, <laughs> and as far as the receivers coach, you know, it's interesting because obviously the entire offensive staff has been overhauled with the exception of three positions they have not filled. Running backs coach, tight ends coach, and wide receivers coach. But this is a new system new philosophy, new network of coaches. And so I think the obvious name at the get-go was Chad O'Shea, who had been here for 11, 12 years in New England as the receivers coach, left to go to Miami with Brian Flores, was the OC. And just as every other OC that Brian Flores had in Miami, he got canned after one year. Since then, he's been in Cleveland working with Alex Van Pelt, Kevin Stefanski in that offense. But the fact that he has not been hired yet tells me that probably won't happen. He also has a title as pass game coordinator, and the Brown staff is kind of falling apart. So I'm sure Kevin Stefanski anyone who's close to him is going to give him a big bear hug and say, you're not going anywhere. And then you fall on Troy Brown, who's been in this position the last three years. I think naturally has caught a lot of flack for the lack of development. We talk about Tyquan Thornton. Jacoby Myers is a big win. Um, Kendrick Bourne had a great 2021 season, appeared to be on the rebound this past year before tearing his ACL. But that's about it. And so if they wanted to move on from Troy, I would understand if they didn't, because you believe this is more of a talent issue handed to Troy. And the, the clay he was handed was all stale and crisp. And like, you're not getting that to move as much. Um, then maybe you keep him. But I know a lot of the offensive assistants, and I can't say this specifically for Troy, but their contracts were up. So this also might be a question of, do the Patriots want Troy Brown? And does Troy Brown want the Patriots? I don't have hard answers for either of those. As soon as I do, I will share them. Um, but it's just something to keep in mind when you start throwing out names. And haven't heard anything about Bill O'Brien at Boston College looking at Troy Brown, which would be another kind of link offensive staff together last year. They know each other. Haven't heard any of that. Will Lawing, we did find out last night, tight ends coach. He's going to BC to be OC for Bill O'Brien. So that's a move the Patriots have to look at. Running backs coach, wide receivers coach, tight ends coach. They're still looking to fill those positions. Let's keep it rolling with the Super Chats. Every single cent goes to the Jimmy Fund Devin Allen jumps in with a $20 super chat. How important is it to the crafts that the team gets back to being buzzworthy? What uh, can they do to get there, Andrew? So I think the crafts would say it's the second most important thing in our lives, right after family. It's the Patriots winning football games, and then buzz oh. is tied for there, tied for second. Uh, you know what's funny, though, is maybe it's just the climate as far as the Red Sox stock publicly has never been lower. And the Celtics are, are doing great, but everyone's giving them the same attitude as the Bruins of, okay, wake us up when it's the playoffs. We know how things go in the regular season. This needs to be different in May and June 
not February dating back all the way to November. So the Patriots are still at the top of shows like BST, your show. You know, my podcast is all Patriots, but you listen to talk radio, watch TV. They're still at the top. The thing is, I think it is important that they do get some buzz. And it's a good word because it's not just what's in the media, which can change. We're very fickle folks here in the media. But what are the jerseys you're selling in the pro shop right now? Like the top two jerseys are guys who got hurt in week four, I would presume. Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez, who we've not seen since October. And one's a rookie who's only played four games. So I think what you can do is to start signing players like T. Higgins or maybe a Michael Pittman or taking a new quarterback. We're like, that solves the jersey issue from day one. Everyone's going to get Jane Daniels, number three, one, whatever he wants to wear. Um, but until then, I think you just go, we're lucky to be in the position we are. We need to do better than this and bring a little bit more juice. I, I don't think juice is necessary to winning, but as far as your word, buzz, excitement, like there's a new way to do things and the Patriots have the last few years under Belichick. And that's okay if things are a little bit lighter and more exciting, just as long as you're winning in the process along the way. Hey, you might not see the Joe Alt jerseys fly off as much as Jim Daniels, but hey, I mean, I'm a strange 69 was not flying off the shelves the moment that pick was made. There's no hope for no offensive lineman anywhere. <laughs> uh, nothing truer has been said on this podcast in the, in the short <laughs> history of it. That is absolutely true. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I'm all I'm all in on Joe Alt if they want to tackle, but trade down a few spots if you want that tackle. All right, so. Again, I reiterate, not to bore you guys, not to glaze your eyes over, but we're doing this for the cause. Jimmy Fun, every single cent, Super Chats, that gets sent our way. You jump the line. You get your question to Andrew. Also, you're donating, again, to the Jimmy Fun, which we appreciate. Like, comment, and subscribe. Mark, Mick Williams with a $20 Super Chat. How will the Patriots address the tackle position, speaking to Joe All? It's a good question. I, I wish I knew, but if I had to guess, I would say that they're going to double dip in free agency and the draft, partly because, again, we talked about the cash spending earlier. This isn't in the CBA, uh, but when both your starting offensive tackles are hitting free agency, probably a good idea to sign one of them or both or somebody else to just at least plug that hole before you go into the draft and go, are really going to start like two rookies or backups? And, you know, you you might feel better about City Sal playing right tackle than I do. I mean, I thought he was very good at right guard, especially towards the end of last season. I'd keep him there. So your options are basically re-sign one of Trent Brown or Mike Unwenu. Mike Unwenu is going to be much, much more expensive, but also much more reliable. He's younger, uh, has better versatility and better injury history than Trent Brown. And then in the draft. So I, I don't know where they'll take a tackle, but this is an excellent class to align with the Patriots' needs. Quarterback, receiver, and offensive tackles, whether it's one of their their guys or maybe Mekhi Becton from the Jets. Tyron Smith, I don't think, would fit with their timeline, more of a stopgap guy for a couple of years. Jermaine Illuminor is available from Las Vegas. He's a little bit more of a swing tackle. But, hey, we all watched the Patriots' offense the last two years. What would any of us have done for a legitimate swing tackle just to plug, play, and set and forget about it? And that's a high price. So hopefully you don't pay a ton of money for Jermaine Illuminor. But there are options both in free agency and in the draft, and I think they should double dip. Yeah, I mean, you look at this draft, you've got Alt, of course, you've got Fashanu, you've got Taliese Fuaga, you've got a number of guys, Guyton from Oklahoma. Man, you're gonna you're go on your pronunciations. Like that, that is shit that gets me all the way up until the draft. And like, of course, the one thing you hear in the comments on my show, or it's like, it's actually Olu, not Alu. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right, you're right. But um, thank you for not paying attention to the other 59 minutes, 59 seconds of the show. And the and the wide receivers. I mean, we've everybody's so focused on Marvin Harrison Jr. And I get it. Look, not everybody around here, of course, in New England watches college football. I understand. 
a lot of us, including Andrew, you know, they're going to start looking at film after he gets back from his swanky, fancy Spain vacation. Oh, his- <laughs> this is this is a Marriott point saved up for two years, a hostel in here. We're swanky, <laughs> sir. I'm going to push right back on that, and I'm going to I'm going to have a five dollar fine. Nick Cattles has a five dollar fine for you to the Jimmy Fund, which I put you in a corner because you cannot refuse a donation <laughs> to the Jimmy Fund. But I'm going to push back six days. Been working straight through from middle of July. I get to take my wife on a hybrid Valentine's Day birthday vacation here. Uh, whatever. Roma Dunze <laughs> is first here. <laughs> Malik Neighbors, you get a bunch of guys. You get a bunch of guys in this draft. All right, let's keep it rolling. Enough of me. Let's go to uh, Tom. Tom with a super chat, $20. Thank you, Tom. God bless Hallie. Looking at the free agency class on the defensive side, it looks to have much more impactful players versus offensive. Could they make a big splash on the defense, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I think the pipeline of young talent is much stronger. Uh, on defense, and you'll see, and that's even with guys like Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche headed towards free agency. But, you know, we already talked about Christian Gonzalez. You've got some intriguing younger corners that could maybe, you know, develop here. But as far as making a, a splash on the defensive side, it might just be resigning those two guys that I mentioned because this is a good defense with them, though I would quibble with how much you pay Josh Uche. He's barely cracking 30% of the snaps basically every year of his career. Uh, but there will be plenty of options out there. Like, I would not expect... Chris Jones, you know, fresh off of an incredible Super Bowl performance that I think is going way under the radar. But, you know, other guys, when you look at any list, top 50, top 100, NFL.com, PFF, there are definitely Patriots fits in there. Of course, they're going to start and go, our problems are on offense. So let's solve those first before going on defense. But look, they're going to spend a ton of money. So that's got to go somewhere and it can't be all on offense. So, yeah, I I can see it. All right. So we got Andrew for 30 minutes today. So. We're about two-thirds the way through. If you want to get your question in, send the Super Chat right now. We'll try to fire through as many as we can. You know, Andrew, he's got a lot of things to do over the next couple of days, including packing for that incredible Spain trip. Uh, Let's go to Mr. Uh, Snoopy A, just a $5 Super Chat for the cause. Thank you. We appreciate it. Again, guys, every cent counts. Me and Andrew aren't sitting here charting people, but, oh, that person only sent $2. Whatever you can send, every single cent counts, so we appreciate it. Let's go on to uh, Justin. TF Patriot. Will the Patriots use the franchise tag? Both of you do great work. Keep up, keep it up. Bleep cancer. Well, thanks for the super chat, Justin. And the question to you, Andrew, franchise tag. What do they do? It's a great question. And thank you for the kind words and, and more so the donation, Justin. That's that's fantastic. And it goes for everyone I haven't named so far. You know, again, it, it's a it's an easy thing to say every dollar counts. But if you want to think about how you would fight for your own life or someone close to you, I think you would have the same attitude. And that's what we're doing here for kids that are in Boston Children's as we speak. Uh, in that process. As far as the franchise tag, look, I think Kyle Duggar is the top candidate for this and also someone you could easily argue against uh, because it's a position where it's a little bit redundant, not just because of Jabril Peppers, but Marte Mapu, who is better positioned as a safety, uh, at least for body type wise than a linebacker, but is going to play in the box there anyway. And so when you look at him or even Keon White around earlier last draft, you know, they're drafted as potential replacements for these three agents, Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar. So I, I would still say Duggar, but it might just be a case of it being a placeholder where they negotiate with his new agent, Andy Sims, uh, for a longer term deal because Kyle has expressed a desire to stay. Andy, his new agent, has wrapped Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, Jerron Harmon, all Patriots defensive backs, all Patriots defensive backs who re-signed to second contracts in New right. England. And so I think that says a lot. If you see the franchise tag, it might not stay, but he's my top guy. On Weno, I think it's just going to be a little bit too rich for their blood. All right, let's go to Ian. Ian with a $5 super chat. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. When you like, comment, and subscribe, it creates engagement. 
That's how we got to beat up that YouTube algorithm, punch it right in the face. And uh, we're trying to do that to get as many people onto this show as possible to send those super chats in the name of the Jimmy Fun. And if you're not comfortable with the super chat process, it's cool. It's fine. We're not going to judge. You can go into that description in the YouTube page right down below this video. So if you're catching this later, it's not live and you're like, ah, damn, I, I, I wanted to get in. Well, you can click on that link right there. You can donate the money and we appreciate every single one of you. All right, Ian, new staff, new uniforms. We need them. Love the show as always. I'm in. I'm completely in. I don't even think you need a total overhaul, though I think the Patriots uniforms are absolutely top five most boring in the league. Just bring the silver pants back, baby. Like, we need some sort of balance. They're painting with one color on the palette. Home, navy blue. Away, all white. Like, we could do better than this. The silver is <laughs> a little bit of a throwback. You get the nostalgia tip. Like, yes, that Bears game on Monday night a couple of years ago was one of the worst I've ever watched in six years covering the team, over 20, 25 following this team. But the uniforms, you cannot lie, uh, were, were the only good part of that night. Just to make sure people appreciate this, Andrew talking fashion when he's got a flannel, a white T-shirt underneath, and a beanie cap, and I'm sitting here with a Boston Bruins sweater that's ripped, like a la Bill Belichick around the freaking neck. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing now. Cool, genuine Phil with a $5 super chat. Tough choice at number three, Daniels or Marvin Harrison Jr., Andrew. Who do you take? I noticed that's not cool, genuine, humble, Phil. Just cool and <laughs> genuine. Uh, thank you, Phil, very much for the five bucks. Look, I, I go with Daniels, and it's really just based on the impact and the power of the quarterback position. Many people have made this point. Patrick Mahomes didn't drag that Chiefs roster, which had an elite defense that kneecapped the Dolphins, the Ravens, obviously the 49ers, the Bills in the process, all in the playoffs, all elite offenses. But with the skill position talent around him, Patrick Mahomes was able to do enough in a way that that matters more than any, any one receiver could do. You can double receivers. There's not a whole many solutions for an elite quarterback in the yep. modern league. So I take him. The one thing I'll say, though, is this, because this is a necessary qualifier, and this is how they're thinking in the front office at one Patriot place. Can we trust this person to be a quarterback all the time, to drive our culture in and out, first in, last out, publicly, work ethic? How's he going to be with his teammates? When things are bad, how is he going to react? I'm not saying this is a negative on Jaden Daniels. I don't know Jaden Daniels. But those are the things that come into consideration more than they would with a receiver. Scheme fit, you know, attitude, talent level, investment. Quarterback is much, much more than that. So there's a lot more to consider when you just go, do we want to take Jane Daniels at three? Um, I would, based on the smaller factors. But they're all learning the process of the other things around them that matter when you're drafting a face of the franchise. The New England Patriot kid is back with his second super chat. We appreciate you. Will the Patriots sign a free safety this offseason to fill the McCourty role? If so, who do they target or who should they target? Yeah, it's a good question. And the way the Patriots filled McCourty's role last year was just to rotate a lot of players uh, into that spot, basically, except for Adrian Phillips. And they got burned sometimes. Other times it wasn't so bad because, you know, when McCourty was here, they started with their scheme basically top down because of his elite range, instincts, read and react skills, his smarts. You could play single high where he's going to be the last line of defense and the only one you need. And they played single high basically more than the rest of the league. Last year, you saw them play a little bit more split safety or two high coverages. And so part of that was none of the safeties in the roster have the speed or the intellect or just the experience back there as McCourty did. But it also, when you rotated and only had one back there, kept them a little bit more unpredictable. So long answer made short, I don't have a single name in free agency. I think it would be best to keep a guy like Kyle Duggar around and you run it back with these safeties. But it is absolutely worth noting, whether it's him, Peppers, who played some free safety in, in Cleveland at the start of his career, 
or Marte Mapu, they don't fit the free safety mold. So how are you going to evolve your defense? How are you going to evolve what you ask them to do? Those are questions to be answered. But if you don't bring in Kyle Duggar back, then absolutely go get one of those typical free safety uh, players. All right, David with the super chat, $5 super chat. If we trade down, and we should, in my opinion, who do you see as a likely veteran quarterback that can get us to above eight wins? Whew. Uh, I mean, the short answer is Kirk Cousins, right? Because he's just the best quarterback available. And then you get in the conversation of how likely or practical is that, given Kirk Cousins probably just wants to sit on his butt in Minnesota, collect more checks, and just play there. He's got a young family. You know, they've already abided by his completely guaranteed salary. The Patriots willing to do that. But the bigger part about this is whether it's Kirk Cousins or Jacoby Brissett, who many other people have stumped for, I'm on that bandwagon, is get him in here, is what's a talent like around him? Because you could have, you know, I don't know, Justin Herbert here. And we just saw what happened to the Chargers a year ago. And they got much better talent around him. They still couldn't get to eight wins. So you need to build up the offensive line. You need to get one, just one, Nick, tight end under contract for next season and build out the worst receiving core in the league. That's a lot of to-do lists. So if they don't get to eight wins, it's not all in the quarterback. Just get one. Oh, just can we get one? Can we get one tackle? Can we get one tight end? That's, that's all we're asking. Uh, then we've got Siobhan, and I'm not really sure what denomination that is, what 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 monetary denomination we've got. We've got an eight hundred dollar uh super chat. Not sure. I don't know what that symbol means. Maybe somebody can help me out, but uh I'll I'll have to do some math later on. But we appreciate very much so. Thank you very much, sir. All right, let's go to uh JN. JN, we got a couple minutes left. What are the Patriots' options at free safety in the draft and free agency? They missed McCourty last year. We just answered that question, JN. If you have another question because you had a super chat, send it to us quickly. If you've got another super chat, uh, we'd appreciate it. Send another question, and uh, we'll get to that because Andrew just answered all of it. John, well, me and well, Nick, you're, you're running the show here. If you want to go a couple minutes later to get him some more questions, I'm not going to turn away any money. It's your show. I, I'm not sure how things normally go here, but I'm, I can stay a little bit longer. All right, so Andrew is being nice enough to spend a few more minutes here. If you guys have Super Chats, if you have not gotten them in just yet, send them our way. We'll go rapid fire. John Meehan with uh, a couple of $2 Super Chats. We appreciate you. It's a snow day podcast. May or Daniels? He loves the content. So I like Drake May for now. And again, I say this not as someone who's watched zero. I've watched a little bit on all of these quarterbacks, but I like to reserve my final judgments until I've done, you know, what I feel like is enough research on all of these guys. But whether you look physically, um, you know, Daniels is an excellent athlete, had a tremendous season over there at LSU, but May is going to hold up and make certain throws. Like you see a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, to a degree, Justin Herbert, who right now is the most common comp uh, for Drake May. And so I think it's not only just the consensus if he's a little bit higher, but I think he holds up a little bit better where Jaden Daniels is running around and meeting defenders like he's the size of a Drake May. And he's just, he's much skinnier. So I think the injury risk is lower with a guy like Drake May. You just wonder how much of what he did last year with the bad North Carolina team is he needs to put the team on his back that led to bad habits. Can you unlearn them? But the traits there are better in my opinion than Jaden Daniels. That to me gives him the edge. Gregory jumps in here. He really liked you saying you got a couple more minutes, Andrew, because he chipped in with a $50 super chat towards the Jimmy Fun. Thank you, Greg. Can't say enough about that, Gregory. He had a question. He, he didn't have a question for us, but he did have the donation. So we thank you. Uh, King Cato jumps in. King Cato, 21, with a $5 super chat. Thoughts on Tori Sorrentino uh, for receivers coach. He's with Minnesota and worked with the Jags and has experience. 
Experience, always good. Uh, Tony Sorrentino, obviously working with Keenan McCardell, who's been out there in Minnesota. I know got an interview for their offensive coordinator job with the Patriots last year, and I think they might have hired him if they could pull him away as the receivers coach back then. But, you know, this is speculation, discussion, just staying here between you, me, and our friends. And, uh, you know, I think Sorrentino would be fine, but I think the thing to keep in mind is, you know, unlike the coordinator search where, okay, the longer things go, this might be more of an issue – you can wait longer on the receivers coach because Van Pelt is going to have an incredible list of ex-colleagues, you know, at all these different stops and what he wants to do in the fit. And hopefully the price point isn't an issue with the receivers coach, whether it's Sorrentino or somebody else. And we're still here in a week, just finding out who the receivers coach is. I think it's okay to wait because he's going to, I think, have a lot of options there to build out his staff. All right. Jan came back with his question after the super chat a little bit earlier. Don't forget to like comment and subscribe. If you're watching this, listening to this, Uh, We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by March 1st. That number means a lot to me. We're trying to get there and build the traffic. Excellent stuff from all of you today and in the prior weeks. You've been fantastic following this pod, listening, and uh, it means the world to me. Currently unemployed, former radio guy, doing this to kind of survive and keep going here and kind of keep in the loop. So I I just can't say enough about every single one of you who have uh, really chipped in here and, and made me feel good about what I'm doing and, and what you've done today, which I'm tallying up. I'll get to in a minute, but I can't say enough about all of you who have donated today. And I'm not even counting the people that are jumping in the description, clicking the link and donating just super chats today. So JN came back with this question, better defensive coach, Belichick or Spags. <laughs> you were riding the, the Spags high, right? I mean, look in, in the Super Bowl, it's, it's tough to beat the guy being Belichick who has a game plan in the hall of fame. Uh, and that upset of the Bills back in the early 90s. I think Spags, at least in the Super Bowl, is is at his level. But when you look at the body of work, I mean, Belichick not only just goes back now, we're talking about a half century, is <laughs> inventing new X's and new O's to use when he combined with Nick Saban to invent pattern match coverage, a hybrid man and zone defense in the early 90s. And you can come up with small different adjustments or tweaks or techniques or checks and calls. This is a whole branch a new tree of coverages that he invented. And so whether it's, you know, the game plans against the Rams in the Super Bowl um, or, or all of his Giants defenses or all the Patriots defenses we've watched, you cannot argue, in my opinion, for a better defensive coach in NFL history than Bill Belichick. But we've all seen what Spags has done, you know, not only against the Patriots, but now a couple of times against the Niners in the Super Bowl. It's elite stuff. So if you want to have them neck and neck in the Super Bowl, fine. Uh, if not, you know, body work, got to go with Bill. All right, let's go to the last super chat of the day. King Cato back in. More likely to leave first, McAdoo or Alex Van Pelt? Oh, King Cato. Well, thank you again for coming back with the donation, King Cato. Um, I, I don't know if this is someone trying to speak into existence, McAdoo going out the door, but he would be my pick because he is someone who's still, according to Karen Gregan, my former colleague at the Herald, now at Mass Live, being paid by the Carolina Panthers, who hired him as their OC in 2022. I don't know how long that contract goes. But his pay structure is going to be different as soon as that payment from Carolina is going to be up. Do the Patriots want to do that after their first season with McAdoo? You can replace a senior offensive assistant, but replacing Alex Van Pelt as your offensive coordinator, understanding he should at least have a two-year leash, if not three. I think McAdoo is the easy answer here, whether it's about the pay, his role, or just the security that Van Pelt will have uh, and how much power he's already been given to build out his staff. All right, so Andrew gave you the five-minute overtime to this podcast. <clears throat> it was definitely worth it. Getting all choked up, losing my voice towards the end of it. But here are the totals. So we just know the Super Chats, and, and I can't say enough about all of you. Just mention this. 
Hallie uh, tragically passed away several weeks ago, Doug Kide's daughter. Uh, and we're trying to raise money for cancer research, the Jimmy Fund. I reached out to Andrew over the weekend. Didn't take him longer than like a minute to respond to me. Said, absolutely, let's do it. And I would like to say, on the record, he did this before I told him about the Jimmy Fund idea because I didn't want to pressure Andrew. I didn't want to say, hey, I'm thinking about this. I wanted him to say yes to coming onto the show just because he actually was cool with coming onto the show. Then I mentioned this idea of the Jimmy Fund. He was all for it. And uh, 25 Super Chats. And right now it's a total of $392. And that's not counting the mysterious $800 uh, <laughs> monetary donation that I don't really know where it's from because it had like a squiggly line in front of it. So I'm not sure. But hopefully we hit $400 bucks with this with this podcast. And that's, again, not counting. If you're listening, if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Pods, you can go over to the YouTube channel, Nick Cattle Show, in the description of this video, you can just click the link and you can donate if you're late to this. If you're watching later, I know a lot of people don't catch this thing live. So if you're catching it a little bit later, you can always go to that. Or you can go find the Doug Kai uh, GoFundMe page. You can help out that way as well. And now we got Weinstab jumping in with another $10. Uh, appreciate that. So we're officially over the 400 mark without the mysterious $800 donation from somewhere around the world. So uh, very happy about that. And Andrew. Uh, I love having you on, man. First time we've done this, and I told you before the show, I, I try to get guests that I read, that I watch, that I respect, that I appreciate. Doesn't mean that people that aren't on the show, I don't appreciate. It's just I kind of have my list. It's like when you're trying to get a coaching staff. You got your list of guests you want to get onto the show, and Andrew was, you know, one of those guys on that list. And I appreciate you having, uh, appreciate having you on and and being able to do what we did today. Uh, any final words from you, my man, as you get ready to head to Spain with your lovely wife for a late Valentine's Day? Thank you. Um, first of all, again, I appreciate the kind words, Nick. You know, I, I just want to say a shout out again to everyone who donated or even just listened now or in the future after we finish recording here, because I think the best part about this job is just the sense of community, which you're not going to find a whole lot on Twitter.com, X.com, whatever the F it is right now. But <laughs> it's just the way you can bring people together in a way that I think it's sports. It's music, it's religion, and that's about it. And it doesn't happen very often when we're all involved in watching and following and covering a 4-13 and 13 football team. But when there is a call to action, and I had this with folks that I work with on the Patriots beat in December, raising a couple thousand dollars for gift baskets and gift cards and dresses to support Hallie and support Doug and his family, or just now, hundreds of dollars within a half hour right away here, plus, again, the exchange rate of our, of our good friend there, Mr. 800. Um, it, it just means a lot. And I think for me, you know, personally, when things get tougher or you get, you know, some more negative feedback, which is going to happen, that's the business. It's always important to remember that I think our reach is further than we ever know. And that doesn't, you know, mean we're better than anyone else or even anything close to that. It's just to say that today I feel that more um, than most days. And you've done that with your community. That's awesome that you're so close to 2000. You're getting an extra YouTube subscriber uh, for me here coming up when we sign off. And for all the people who have listened, who have donated, who have taken the time to read Doug's story from the weekend. It just means a lot because things are always better together. And I, I felt that today. And I think that sense of connection and community is is the best part of what we do, uh, especially when we put it towards a good cause like this. So thank you for taking the time and energy and the money um, to make this possible. It's a feel-good snow day. The kids got off of school <laughs> for like three inches of snow, which is great. I wish that happened when I was growing up. I sound like the old guy yelling at the clouds. But it's a, it's a feel-good snow day, raising hundreds of dollars, like you said, in 30 minutes. 
35 ish minutes. And I mean, what can you say? That's more than 10 bucks a minute uh, on this podcast. Uh, just tremendous, tremendous from all of you. We appreciate every single one of you that have donated that will continue to donate to the cause. I'm sure many of us have gone through, you know, the, the cancer challenge and, and, and seeing people go through this. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, Mark Feldman jumps in with a $10 super chat to close out this show. Uh, we appreciate you, Mark, and everybody else. He's Andrew. I am Nick. I do this every day, 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. We go live, YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter slash X, Spotify, Apple Pods. I'm not taking over the world. I'm just trying to take over Foxborough, where I live, or at least within a two-mile radius of my place. Uh, he's Andrew again, Andrew Callahan, Boston Herald. You know who he is. You might have no idea who I am. I'm Nick Cattles. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for donating. I'm back tomorrow. Andrew's off to Spain. Maybe we'll get him one more time on the show before uh, the draft, if not after the draft. Until oh, then, you got it, pal. Not a problem. This, this has been the Nick Cattle Show. Everybody, enjoy yourself.